And we are live. Hey guys, welcome to another exciting episode of the Matthew Paris Show. I'm your host, Matthew Paris. My guest today is Matt Larison, who also runs a sports podcast. Matt, uh, what's your what's your sports podcast name? Let's Talk Bets on Fridays uh, with the Let's Talk Sports Network. Uh, we talk all things betting, uh, all sports. Uh, that's Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Excellent, excellent. What do you think about, real quick question, since uh, it's uh, sports betting, what do you think about Mattress Max? uh biggest win in the uh, Astros World Series last year. <laughs> Pretty awesome. Uh, he has lost some of that money betting on some of these other Texas teams. Uh, he bet Houston to win the uh, NCAA title. I believe yeah. he bet on the, um, let's see, I think he bet on a basketball team too, something along those lines. But he's he's lost a little bit since then. He does have a little bit of favoritism, but you can't knock the, you know, throwing everything in there and trying to, you know, win it all back i mean i know he does a thing where he kind of likes you know hemorrhages his mattress sales with that but still yeah. pretty cool <laughs> yeah he has a deal with the uh with the fans if if a certain team wins it all he has uh some sort of sales deal with with uh furniture and mattresses stuff like that <laughs> so uh yeah no he you're right he did uh with he had u of h winning the uh ncaa tournament which they didn't do and um so he did lose a little bit of money there but it's interesting it's interesting um Let's talk about the College World Series real quick. You've been, have you been in keeping in touch with the College World Series? Yeah, I see that uh, currently Florida's winning. Uh, so this would be their second win if they can get that done today. They had a very uh, impressive game two, uh, winning by twenty plus runs. Uh, mm -hmm. LSU did win the first game, and I, you know, I kind of felt like you know LSU has a little bit more spark, but I yeah. think Florida's the more consistent team. I think that's shown throughout these these playoffs as well. So if LSU is going to win, they have to have momentum to to finish this series off. But Florida just is quite a powerhouse. Uh, they showed mm -hmm. it in game two, and right now I believe the score was six to two last I saw. So you know, pretty. It was. It was not to cut you off here, but it was. It was. I'm looking at it right now. It was six to uh, LSU right now. Oh LSU. Oh yeah, LSU's winning right now. Oh, yeah. I, I apologize. I looked at that wrong. Well, oh, that's that goes right back to the point of, you know, having that momentum. I think, you know, that's how LSU wins their games. They're a very um, emotional team. I think Florida is just more consistent, more talent there. Um, so this is huge for them. And, you know, one more, I believe it's one more game after this, right? This is best of five. And then uh, no, this is the last game. Oh, the last game. Okay. This so they the do that three. Yeah. Well, that is, uh, that is a bit shocking for some, I'm sure. So that's pretty exciting. Um, it is. It is. I uh, and you're right. Last, yesterday's game, game two, LSU won the first game. Florida came back after LSU was up three to one, and then in the third inning, L, uh, Florida, excuse me, Florida just blew it open. And uh, you're right. They, yeah, they won by twenty plus runs. I think the final score was like twenty four to four or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yep. So that that is a butt whooping. So I know um, LSU is not looking to. Uh, to try to repeat that again, especially in the final game of the of our college baseball season. Um, just out of curiosity, who do you think wins tonight? But and who do you think is going to be the college baseball national champions? Well, a four run lead is a lot, it's even in college baseball where runs are a little bit more um, you know available than maybe majors. I think yeah. that four runs is you know a good lead to have, and I think they're halfway through the game or close to that right now. Last I checked, so. I'm going to give it to LSU. I think if you were probably to look at the odds too on the betting side of things, they're probably uh, a pretty high favorite now at this point. But I wouldn't rule out Florida. I mean, that's why these two teams are in the World Series here. They're 
you know, both really talented and, you know, emotions can go back and forth, but that lead for LSU with that momentum, I think the sales just, they gave everything in that second game. Florida did put up 24 points. They probably should have salvaged some of that and put it over to this game, but uh, <laughs> you know, it, anything can happen, but I'm going to take the Tigers right now. I mean, four runs is, is a good, good score to have. You know what? I, uh, I don't have a dog in this fight. Obviously my, my college is not in it. Um, I went to Texas Tech. I was a Red Raider. Oh, okay. awesome. So we got we got knocked out in the uh, regional round. But uh, <laughs> but um, but we'll get there one day. We'll get back there one day. I like Tad Lock as coach. But uh, today tonight's game, I see LSU winning it. Um, I think they're going to win it. I mean, I'm just hoping for a good game. You know, I'm hoping for a really really close, exciting game. And the first two innings have been that, even though uh, LSU kind of blew it open there in the uh, top of the second. And, uh, yeah, right now it's uh, 6-2, and we'll see what Florida does at bat here in a minute. So uh, anything else you want to add to the College World Series? Nope. It's definitely, you know, one thing I've always been interested about with college is obviously that's the next step right before, you know, the majors. Obviously you have your, you know, minor league system and everything, but, you know, star players come from college. I would like to see it go to five games. I think mm-hmm. that that would be a bit more of a, you know, sample size. And, you know, baseball is such a lucrative sport where, you know, you could have, you know, one really good starting pitcher or two really good starting pitchers. You, you move that to five games, you really get to see the volume of the team itself. Mm-hmm. And I just think that that would be better. I, I wouldn't necessarily say seven is necessary, but five would be definitely nice. I think that the fans would like five games too. I think it adds yeah. a little more animosity, maybe just to the championship itself. Um, not have and nothing else in the playoffs, just that, that, you know, last set there, the championship. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Uh, I don't know about a best of seven because you're going to go through all your pitchers in college, just like that. Um, What do you think uh, really quick? What do you think about uh, Paul uh, Skeen? Top prospect right now, uh, top prospect for LSU pitcher. Um, Thursday, he's the, he's the guy right now that could go number one. Supposedly he's, they're talking to uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. And obviously, you know, he's not going to be sitting down to the minor league farm club. Like he's supposed to be in the rotation in the major leagues. So how do you, how do you feel about the guy? The guy could throw a hundred. So what, what do you think happens? You know, as a, I'm, so I'm an Orioles fan, big Orioles fan. Oh, yeah. um, this is well. very well. I was very excited about that. One of the biggest things that's given them success is their, you know, drafting and what they've done over the last five years and getting a lot of prospects it's so nice to have a player who's probably just going to be able to jump right to the majors and not have to wait two, three years in the farm system to see if he can develop. This guy's going to come right out of the gate. And like you said, being the starting five, which is really exciting. Uh, Pittsburgh is interesting to me. They're already on the cusp of getting a a better crew going, Uh, you know, not as bad of a rebuild as maybe some of these other teams like the Royals and the athletics. So if he goes to Pittsburgh, I think that's, you know, a really great spot for him. And Pittsburgh really could use the starting pitching. I I say that, but a lot of teams in the major leagues, man, they need a lot of starting pitching. Uh, My orders are a a perfect example, too. Uh, We could use another, you know, elite starter or two. But a lot of times, even guys drafted in the fifth overall to tenth overall, they sit in, you know, the minor leagues for two, three years. So if you can get somebody that doesn't have to do that, that's that's lucrative. That's premium. Uh, and you got to jump on that if you have the opportunity. Absolutely, yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, I think he's. Uh, I think he will jump on the opportunity. I was talking to a, a fan from Pittsburgh not too long ago, and he's not so sure. He wants to take another guy. I'm like, this guy's pretty, pretty solid. 
he's pretty solid. So starting pitching is really hard. I mean, so the yeah. Orioles, for example, took Grayson Rodriguez about two years ago and, you know, he came up this year, he's still working his way in and, you know, he was like the number one overall prospect in major league baseball for, for last year. And he's still not there yet. So if you can get a guy as a starting pitcher who can come in and potentially just be a everyday starter, no time in the minors. I mean, I, that doesn't happen very often. So it'd be yeah. foolish. I think of a team to, to miss out on that. Do you think he plays tonight, Matt? Do you think Paul plays tonight? I mean, it's the last game. And if you have yeah. an opportunity to win, you got to throw your best guy out there. You know, Absolutely. there's nothing tomorrow. So give it all today. And whether he's a starter, he could be the closer tonight. It doesn't matter as long as the job gets done. I mean, they want to win that championship. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, even if he throws one inning or one batter, I'll take it, you know, and that's what's going to get them Absolutely. to win. If they put the best pitcher out there. So they showed when I was watching the game earlier, they showed the first two innings. They showed Paul in the uh, in the dugout and he was just kind of hanging out, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden they got word, the announcers got word saying, okay, he's not in the dugout anymore. He's supposedly, he was supposedly, they didn't show a shot of him in the bullpen. Um, so my guess is they're winning right now, but if it stays close, my guess is they bring him in as a reliever to close it, close it out. Yeah. Even worst case scenario, you're up by four runs and you bring him in last inning or close to the last inning. You feel a lot more comfortable with the guy that you know can already start five, six, seven innings and do quality work, and now all he has to do is one or two. I mean, Florida probably be gulping at that point if he actually comes in there and and he has to pitch against them. Absolutely, yeah. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, let's talk about the All Star Game. The MLB All Star Game is about to come up, Matt. So uh, guess what? I uh, I got my ballot. I'm on the MLB.com app, and I got my. They sent me my ballot to uh, vote for the starters in the uh, all-star game. So I voted, I voted for a couple of, and I had to vote for the American league and the national league. Of course, Matt, I'm from Houston. So I voted for Jordan to be the starting oh, outfielder. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Which I hopefully, hopefully he can come back soon. Cause we need some help right now. Although we did win yesterday against the Dodgers um, because of Bregman's uh, a couple of uh, good shots that a couple of good hits that Bregman did. But um Let's uh, let's talk about the All Star Game. Are you excited for the All Star Game, Matt? Have you have you voted yet? I am, and I have voted. Of course, like I said, I'm an Orioles fan. I had to vote for Adley Rutschman uh, as catcher. Um, right, he's most likely going to get in, and really, the stats have been there for him. He takes the most pitches in baseball. He take I think he has the most walks in baseball for a batter with certain uh, at bat numbers. Uh, good hitter, uh, solid 250, 275 hitter. So I think that for a catcher, I think he'll probably get that. I voted for Austin Hayes, too. He's the league leader for batting average in uh, the American League, and he's like 17th in all-star voting for outfielders, yeah. which is really unfortunate. Um, a lot of times all-star <laughs> is definitely guys' name recognition, popular players. I saw Vladdy Guerrero, I think, is going to be the first baseman. I There's a couple other guys I would think that potentially could play that position in the all-star game. Not saying that Guerrero Jr. hasn't had a, a pretty decent season, but you know it's definitely name recognition for sure on some of these. Um, but it's still pretty exciting. I mean, I think, I don't know if they have Shohei as a starter or DH, but I mean, he's so good. He could do both and he probably will bat in the all-star game as well as pitch. So, um, yeah, he's been absolutely electric. Uh, you know, he should get a trillion votes. You know, he's, you know, one the, the best player in major league baseball right now. And, uh, what I'll say about your Astros is, uh, uh Jose Abreu, he's got to turn back into an all-star. I think that's really there. 
their biggest <laughs> concern. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you know what? You're absolutely right. And a lot of the fans in Houston right now are like, what is going on with that guy? Because Jim Crane and Dana Brown, our GM, spent a lot of money to get that guy over here from the White Sox. Yeah. And he hasn't really delivered, you know, all season. So, and then we, of course, we trade Yuli to Miami and he's doing just fine over there. So, I, uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know if it's a Dusty Baker thing. I don't know if it's a, a Brave thing. Maybe a Brave just doesn't like it in Houston. I don't know. Um, but a lot of the fans are like, when is he going to come around? When he's, he's, the kind of, he's the kind of player you can't send down. He makes way too much money. And then, you know, you want to maybe give him some time away, be like, all right, maybe you just need a, you know, just a reset. And even that's hard to do with a player who makes as much money as they gave to a Brave. So, it's been tough. I've, you know, obviously I'm not a natural fan, but I've watched and, you know, I see an at bat here and there and the commentators say, oh, there you go, strike out again. It's like, wow, I just, I don't know what's going on. But, you know, when he's on, he's one of the best, you know, first baseman in the league in terms of hitting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if he does turn it on, the Dodgers, are, or I'm sorry, the Astros are going to be right there, right back to first place where, where the Rangers are. I hope so. Uh, we were, we were third in the American League West for a while. And then our win yesterday, um, put us right back in second. I think we tied with uh, – I know the Rangers are five games up on us, um, but I think we tied with um, – who we tied with? Uh, I can't think of it right now. We're, we're tied with somebody. But we're the only reason we're in second place in the American League West is because uh, we have less wins than they do. They have more oh, – I'm sorry. They, we have less losses than they do. They have more losses. So – that's why we're in second place, but we're tied as far as wins go. Um, sorry, I have some uh, stuff coming up in the comments section. Uh, uh, my buddy right here uh, on the Bodkin show, he's never been in a Brady guy. <laughs> oh, there's Nick. Yeah, there's Nick. <laughs> so, yeah, Nick Nick is not a Brady guy. So, uh, yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, the Brady's not doing that well. So, um, um, I agree. Did you see that one hit, Matt? Where Abreu, he I think he had like a home run finally. This was a couple of games. I think it was last week, and he was running and he's running super fast. And I was like, "You hit a home run, buddy. You know, take your time here." And he slid like in the duck. Did you did you see that? <laughs> Look, man, when you haven't hit one in a while, you forget how to do it. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I applaud him for the effort. Um, but yeah, that's that's like almost the the perfect irony of the situation for him you know and i mean hopefully he gets it figured out i mean he could be a 35 40 home run hitter i mean that's how good he is um i just maybe he hasn't adjusted yet to being in houston maybe the all-star break changes things i'm not sure but i mean in terms of first baseman he might be one of the worst in the american league right now just up and down and how he's played unfortunately you know, hopefully that changes. Maybe they maybe they throw him in DH a little more. I don't know. I don't know what it's, what it is to get him back into the groove, but uh, hopefully it's something. And you know, hopefully Nick's wrong, and hopefully it's not just because he's not good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, let's move on real quick. Uh, I've got to give a sh- shout out. I've done it all past episodes, but of course, you know, I'm very proud. I know Matt's very proud here. The three on three World Cup basketball tournament ended uh, a couple of weeks ago, and our USA, our national women's three on three USA team, had won the gold. So that means we get our uh, ticket punched in to the uh, Olympic qualifying round to uh, go to the 2020, excuse me, 2024 Paris Games. Uh, what do you think about that, Matt? That's good. Three on three. H- Haley Van Leith is part of that group. 
Oh, okay. Absolutely. That's, that's amazing. I mean, you know, anytime you can get, you know, that level of skill, you know, onto the world level, you know, that's super exciting. Fortunately, I'm not super familiar with it, but, you know, just to have representation, you know, here in America for, you know, that level of skill and she is an excellent player. So I'm glad that we have her on the team. Um, Three. I didn't know they did three on three like that. That's very interesting. Um, it is, man. It's coming up now. Uh, three on three is getting really popular. I remember being a kid. Did you ever hear of uh, three on three hoops? Yes, yes. Or hoop it up three on three. That used to be a big national thing. I heard they're still around. They're just not as big as when we were kids. So, But now three on three, there's a lot of three on three tournaments. Um, three on three is getting big. It's become an Olympic sport now, um, which is interesting. Because uh, I've watched some of the games, and they're pretty, and they're pretty, they're pretty fun to watch. They're pretty fun to watch. Now, do they have it for the men as well, or just the women at this time? Uh, both men and women. Oh wow, that is so, that is awesome. Yeah, well, our I men's mean, team made the final, Matt, but hey, we lost. Yeah, that's still that's awesome. <laughs> I, I didn't know that, so you know that's that's really cool. I think that you know, especially like you know basketball, you know especially these teams that, you know, a lot of the the world comes to us in the Americas because we have the NBA and everything, and then they kind of spread out. And some of the countries aren't as strong as some of the other ones because obviously, like, you know, they're more centered in one area. It's kind of nice three on three. I mean, I think that opens up the, the you know, playing field a little bit. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's cool. And uh, even though the men, we lost the uh, the gold medal round, we got the silver medal, that still put, puts us in the qualifying round for the Olympics for the 2024 Paris Games. So, really, congratulations to both the men and the women of uh, 3-on-3 USA Basketball. Um, let's go get them. Let's qualify for the Olympics. Let's bring home the gold like we do. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, let's talk about uh, – I see that you're a big Buffalo Bills fan. Absolutely. Die hard. Circle the wagons. You know what? I still, I got to tell you this, Matt. I, uh, when I was growing up, of course, we didn't have the Houston Texans. We had the Houston Oilers. Right. So you're going to bring up that memory, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> so I still cringe sometimes. And my dad still cringes sometimes whenever we see highlights of the greatest comeback in NFL history. I believe it was 1992 between the Bills and the Oilers. Uh, we had uh, Jim Kelly. You guys had Jim Kelly. Actually, Jim Kelly wasn't playing at that time. Frank it was Wright. Frank Wright. Yeah. And uh, we had Warren Moon. And we were up, I think we were up, like, what, 35 to 3 at halftime? Was, yeah, 32 or 35, yep. Yeah, it was like 32, somewhere in the 30s. And you guys just came back, and it was a tire Bills run in the second half. I remember watching it as a little kid. We had people over. We had uh, – and after that game, everybody wasn't talking. Everybody was depressed. <laughs> My dad had to go out and walk around for a minute. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so uh, – but I do like the Bills. Um, Josh Allen, I think he's a great quarterback. What, what do you think about Josh Allen, the Bills, uh, this coming year? I love Josh Allen. Uh, obviously, there's probably some bias there, but, I, you know, I loved when the Bills drafted him. I thought that it was going to maybe take a little bit of time. He was raw, but just the intangibles of who he was and the skill that he had – I thought if he got a good coach and a good system around him, he could definitely become an NFL quarterback. And mm -hmm. he's turned actually into a franchise quarterback, which exceeded my expectations, which, you know, Buffalo has always been a really defensive minded team. And that's what's carried us to some of the success that we've had minimal success, but some of the success, but now we have an offense that's top three, top five in the league and really gives us an opportunity to actually be, 
and a deep playoff contender every single year as long as Josh Allen is there. And I've said this before on my show, once you have a franchise quarterback, you know, your window doesn't close until they walk away, really. I mean, even the Jets now, their window is reopened because they have a franchise quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. So, you know, I love Josh Allen. I think that he had an injury last year that did affect him more than he wanted to lead on and more than the Bills wanted to lead on. And it's going to be interesting to see how he does this upcoming season when that's all healed and all of these, you know, Buffalo had a lot of things go on last year. They couldn't go to Cleveland. They had to wait to go to Cleveland. They had to play in Detroit because of the weather. DeMar Hamlin issue, you know, there's up and down, left and right, <laughs> multiple things that happened that this past season. And I'm not making excuses, but these guys are human. And, you know, this takes a toll on you. You're gone for, you know, 20 weeks out of the year. Um, you know, it's exciting to see what's going to happen. They also, a big thing that people don't know is they have a week 13 by this year or week 11 instead of yep. a week seven. And they've had early bye weeks for the last like three or four years. And I just personally think it's a huge disadvantage because you're going all the way into the playoffs at that point without having a bye week for, you know, three, four months at a time. So that's really exciting. I'm, you know, really excited to see. I think Buffalo made some incredible additions. I'm sure you're going to ask me some questions about that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but Josh Allen is the leader of this team. I think he's going to get Buffalo a Super Bowl before it's all said and done. Uh, he's come out and said that he is determined to do that. Uh, he, he wants nothing more than to bring a championship to this fan base. So we're all saying for him. We're ready to build that statue for him at the new stadium. <laughs> well, I tell you, Matt, you guys uh, really do deserve it and stuff like that after, you know, I, I don't want to bring it up, but the, uh, the, four, the four Super Bowls that you guys went to with Kelly and those guys and, 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 you know, couldn't bring it home. Um, the, uh, so let's talk about the draft picks for the Buffalo bills. How do you feel about that? I love Kincaid. I think he's, you know, it's so funny because about two weeks before the draft, we do our little draft special. We're talking fancy. I have a fancy football show I do with my brother on Thursdays. And we were talking about Michael Mayer and Dalton Kincaid and who we thought they looked similar to. And Mayer always kind of reminded me of, maybe like a mini Gronk, you know, he's just big. He is more of a blocking tight end, but he's just really big and he can still catch the ball really well. I've seen him a big Notre Dame fan. So I know a lot about him and Kincaid. I actually said, he kind of reminds me of Kelsey. So Buffalo needed a Kelsey. They needed somebody to get over the middle that, you know, they were, they were playing so hard on the outside, forcing the ball to Davis and Diggs last year that it just wasn't working when Buffalo had Cole Beasley, you know, he was, forcing the, the ball over the middle, making linebackers stay in. They weren't spreading out and playing those deep zone coverage. That's not going to be that way anymore. Kincaid's going to swallow up the middle of the field. Uh, I think it's a huge move for Buffalo. And I think Buffalo recognized that the league is moving in a direction where we have to score more than the other team. And it doesn't necessarily mean like play well on defense. You know, if we have to give up 42, cause we're going to score 49. I think that's the mindset that they've created. Cause that's really what the chiefs have done all these, you know, last few years yeah. to get to where they've gotten to is, you know, we have Patrick Mahomes. We don't care if he scores a touchdown. I mean, I remember yeah. the game with Houston against uh, Mahomes in the playoffs where they were up big and Mahomes just slowly chipped his way back. So, you know, I think yeah. Buffalo sees that. They that was know. a little heartache for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they see that. They know that they have to do that. And yeah. getting Kincaid was huge. Getting Osiris Torrance was huge. Uh, Spencer Brown was rated the worst right tackle in NFL last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're wanting to move pieces around. They already signed, I think, like six or seven offensive linemen in the free agency. So they mm-hmm. really wanted to shuffle that up. And Torrance is probably going to be a day one starter for them. I thought he was going to go in the first round to Buffalo, but he went in the second, which was, you know, a huge surprise. So we were super happy about that. 
and then yeah. up and down the rest of the way through just a lot of filling um you know defensive moves uh things like that but really buffalo what they did in the free agency was so big i mean getting taylor rapp leonard floyd yeah. connor mcgovern they made damian harris uh latavius murray they made huge moves to positions that people don't normally look at and, you know, really made this a, a solid roster. We always talk about like the 49ers having the best roster in the league. Well, Buffalo mm-hmm. now, you know, even though you wouldn't know it on social media, they've really made this team much better than last year. And yeah. you know, people aren't giving them credit for that, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, a big motivator is when people don't give you credit, you know, Josh Allen would be like, you know what? You wait and see. And the head coach might be like, yeah, you wait and see, guys, you know. Um, I do see Josh Allen bringing uh, the – I think he's a, he's a really good quarterback. I do see him bringing a, a Bills uh, Super Bowl for the town soon. Um, of course, <laughs> yeah, well, of course, my Texans, we have a lot of work to do. So um, it's a weird thing. I mean, hopefully C.J. Stroud is the answer. Um, you know, we we picked him number two. Will Anderson, uh, we traded up and got Will Anderson. He's from the uh, he's from Nick Saban, so the, you know he's from the Saban School of Alabama. Um, I think he's going to do well. And supposedly our mini camp uh, is doing really well. CJ Stroud worked his way up to first string snaps uh, next to Davis Mills. I do not see him starting though. The, the season I see Davis Mills starting or, or maybe Case Keenum, but I see more Davis Mills starting. And then I see maybe in the third or fourth game, D'Amico Ryans brings him in and he'll play a couple of snaps in the second half just to kind of get an idea of what the NFL's like. Um, yeah. I mean, do you agree with that, Matt? So I'm maybe I'm a little more optimistic here. I always thought CJ, CJ Strider reminded me of Josh Allen. I think they're okay. both big guys. You know, uh, CJ's very mobile. I thought he was the best quarterback coming out of this draft, personally. I think Bryce okay. Young is really good, but um, I think that Stroud, if he has a good preseason, easily could make his way to the starting role. I mean, if you're D'Amico Ryans, I think – I don't know Davis Mills' record exactly, but I think it's like 6-20 and 20 or something over yeah. the last two years. You know he's not the franchise quarterback, which is fine. He could be a backup, and he's a sizable backup. Why not go out there? I mean, Buffalo did the same thing. When Tyrod got hurt, which was like week two or something like that, Buffalo just put Josh Allen right in and said, yeah. if we don't win, we don't win. It's, you know, it is what it is. We want to get this guy game time. And I think that's exactly what you have to do with the franchise quarterbacks, you know, Stroud and Bryce Young, uh, both. When you know your team isn't a contender, you got to get ready to be a contender. And there's no better time than the present. So, I think that personally, I think Stroud could make his way as the week one starter. And I think there's a lot of excitement for Texans fans if that happens too. I also really like John Mechie. Uh, obviously, he was hurt last year, so that's going to be really exciting to see. They made some great moves. I mean, getting Dalton Schultz was huge. Yeah, that was uh, huge. He could be a safety huge. blanket for Stroud, uh, just yeah. like he was for Dak. So this team made a lot of moves. D'Amico Ryans obviously comes from that San Francisco tree. Uh, you know, he could be really good defensively. We've seen some success from other defensive coaches from there. Um, so I'm I'm excited to see how the Texans are. They have an easier path because the AFC South is quite bad besides the Jaguars. I think mm-hmm. the Titans are way down. Um, so there's really good opportunity there. And mm-hmm. I think they want to be competitive, at least enough in that division. So I don't think they have a long time to wait. I think mm-hmm. that they go to Stroud relatively quickly. Like you said, maybe week three or week four. How uh, – what do you see the Texans? How many games do you see them winning? 
Well, I haven't seen their schedule, but just because the AFC is so tough. I mean, if you go to the yeah. AFC, the AFC East, there's all teams right there that could be winning records. Patriots are kind of close. Uh, yeah. AFC West, unless Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't play for the Raiders, all four of those teams are, you know, really good. Yeah. Um, AFC South is a little weak. And then the AFC North with the Pack or the Steelers and the Ravens and the Bengals. I mean, again, Browns, you know, we talk about yeah. Watson. He didn't do well last year, but I really do think this is going to be a better year for him. There's a lot of tough games there. So I think they, if they fall hard, they use Stroud, they just play. You knowing that they aren't contenders, but you know they want to prove something. I think they could be a 500 team. I certainly do. I think D'Amico Ryan's is a great coach, upcoming mm-hmm. coach. I think that they made a lot of moves this off season. Um, I just think that there's going to be a different culture there, especially if Stroud starts. Yeah, uh, I know everybody in Houston's excited. The fans are excited. I mean, we can't go anywhere but up. We we won three games in the past two years. We were last in the AFC South. So there's really there's nowhere to go down. You can go anywhere but up. So I see them at maybe winning six games. I don't think they go to the playoffs, but I see maybe six to eight games. Yeah. You know? I mean, we talk about it on my show. The AFC is so tough. There's, you know, the seventh best AFC team is probably the second best NFC team at that point. Yeah. You know, obviously the Niners and the Eagles are really good. So maybe the third. But after that, the NFC is really, you know, just talent wise is way lower than the AFC. So unfortunately that doesn't, they don't have that going for them, but Mm -hmm. let's say they play well in the division and you know, the Jaguars fumble a little bit. That is, that is a wide open division Um, because the Colts also are in the same situation. I mean, they have a rookie quarterback, not as good as the Texans, I think in terms of their structure, at least right now, I know Jonathan Taylor is really, really good, but um, there's a lot of questions on that both sides of the ball for them. A lot of people are saying they might be the worst team in the NFL this year. I I leave, I give that to the bucks and Baker Mayfield, but um, that, that division is wide open, wide open. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Going to the Patriots real real quick. uh, Do you see that Mac Jones is the successor of Tom Brady? Do you see that or no? I definitely don't see him as a successor. Um, You want to talk successor to the GOAT. I mean, you got to be really good. Uh, You know, so I would say Patrick Mahomes, you know, could be the successor if he was on the Patriots. But I will say Mac Jones is a a good quarterback. I will say that he, you know, unfortunately had the misfortune of having Matt Patricia as his offensive coordinator last year. Mm -hmm. I could have probably given him better offensive plays. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, this guy shouldn't have even been near an offensive playbook. So that, unfortunately, he had that going against him. He's got Bill O'Brien this year. Night and day difference. Um, yeah. A little bit of a different weapon system. They change receivers up a little bit. If they get D-hop, too, which is a possibility, I mean, that's huge for him. Yeah. Um, but I even, like, you know, names in the media, Kirk Herbstreit, he said, you know, this guy has all-American talent. I agree. I think he is an all-pro if he has the system around him that gives mm-hmm. him that success. And, Buff- and, I'm sorry, New England is a really good running team. So they can really put the pressure off of Mac Jones, which they did in his first season, and he actually had some success. So I think if they just get back to that, Belichick and him have to stop butting heads, and they yeah. just got to play because he knows Mac is the most talented quarterback on that team. I know Bailey Zappi's chirping around there. Um, but, you know, he really is a good quarterback, and there are times when, you know, as a Buffalo fan, you know, you you remember the history of New England and Belichick, and Mac Jones can definitely get them there in terms of getting them wins and being mm-hmm. a thorn in their side yeah yeah you're absolutely right um we'll we'll see how do you how do you feel about aaron Rodgers going to the new york jets 
I mean, for Jets fans, I talked to my my good friend about this. He's a huge Jets fan. You know, I'm happy for the Jets fans. I mean, they are just as miserable as we are for the most part, <laughs> probably more uh, because we have Josh Allen and they. <coughs> um, but this this is needed to happen for the Jets. You know, there's a. I, I don't know how the Detroit Lions are still going with the amount of lack of success that they've had for such a long time. The Jets were getting to that point again, and the, yeah. you know, especially being in New York. New Jersey, but New York, you know, they represent the city. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a very short window of time for them to not be successful. Fans get yeah. frustrated very quickly. So I understand why they did it. It's exciting. Am I frustrated as a Bills fan? Yes. I, I love one less team to have to worry about, but Rogers definitely makes them a much better team. You look at that defense last year with the 32nd best quarterback play, you know, they were still almost a playoff team. So now you add even a mediocre quarterback play or a top, 12 quarterback play this team is right in the thick of the playoffs um i said it on my on my uh show with angry jets fan the other day that you know they could seriously take the division from buffalo buffalo has a really tough schedule this year tougher than last year yeah Uh, i mean the the jets do as well we play we both play the chiefs we both play the nfc east so it's going to be tough but you know if if rogers does what he's supposed to do and what everybody expects him to do he's going to be the the guy that takes the Jets to that 11, 12 win season and really sticks it to Buffalo and, you know, makes it. <laughs> Do you see Rodgers possibly winning a Super Bowl with the New York Jets? I think it's That's too hard. It, it is. It's too early to say. Is it possible? Yeah. Absolutely. If I were to yeah. put a percentage on it, I'd put like 20 to 30 percent. I mean, a lot has to happen. Even, mm-hmm. you know, the year that Mahomes went to the Super Bowl against Brady. You know, it was almost a foregone conclusion that they were going to win, and Tampa absolutely decimated the Chiefs that year. Um, so you could have a great season, and then one game ruins everything. So I think 20% is fair because Rodgers – the other thing about Rodgers is he won one Super Bowl with Green Bay. He had all that time with Green Bay, all that, you know, maturation and chemistry that was developed. Now he's going to a completely new place, mm-hmm. and things take time. And I said that yeah. to my, my friend, you know – I wouldn't be surprised if the Jets struggle and lose the first game to Buffalo in the Meadowlands because yeah. this is Rodgers' first game and chemistry takes time. But when he gets that chemistry, I mean, he's got Garrett Wilson, he's got Brees Hall, he's got plenty of weapons on that team. You know, yeah. he can win a Super Bowl. If that defense stays where it has been with Salah, that's a very, very scary team that could make a deep, deep playoff run. Yeah. 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 I mean, we'll, we'll see. Um, do I see him win a Super Bowl? I don't know. You know, that's uh that's a very hard call to make right now uh, with that team. Um, I do. I, I think you're right. I think he will struggle for a minute and then he'll get into his groove because he's going to a whole new place. He's going to a whole new city. He's been at Green Bay. He was a su- successor to uh, Brett Favre over there. So he'd been in Green Bay for a very long time for years. So, um I mean, we'll see. I mean, it, it's cold in New York, so he has no problems there because he's right. used to playing in cold weather. Um, and, you know, it's not like Brady who went to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and it, it became warmer, warmer weather than New England. <laughs> yeah, he so, went to greener pastures for sure. Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's move on. Let's talk about the uh, your Baltimore Orioles for a minute. How, how, they're doing well right now. How do you how do you feel about that? I mean, ex- expectations have been well exceeded. Um, I did a, a show a couple of months ago when we were doing futures for, you know, b- baseball and they had the Orioles at 75 wins and it was plus odds. And I urged people to take that because 
over the last season, you know, this team was exceeding expectations last year, won close to 90 games last year, and they only improved. Uh, they only improved last year into the offseason, into this year. So um, was expecting them to win 80-plus games. Wasn't expecting the start that we have had so far. I mean, if the Rays weren't the best team in baseball, we would be right there for the AL East. And we're only four and a half back right now even. So that's saying a lot for a team that really doesn't have good starting pitching. We have a lot of C-plus, B-minus pitchers, and we just kind of make it work. The middle of the bullpen is okay. There's a lot of holes there. A couple of uh, guys that, you know, they interchange a lot. But the back half, Yenier Cano is the best reliever in in, uh, Major League Baseball. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Felix Bautista is number two. They're both all-stars. They're both, you know, I think the whiff rate for Felix Bautista is almost a record now. Um, He's, like, literally getting – I think he had three strikeouts in his last save. So, you know, he's got a 104-mile-an-hour fastball. He's just – He's unstoppable. And bro. <laughs> oh my gosh. They, they call him the mountain for a reason. He's six foot eleven, I think, or something. Yeah. You know, I would I would hate I would, him and Mo Rivera, you know, I would never want to see a pitch from one of those two guys. Uh yeah. It'd be terrifying. <laughs> Have but a missile hitting, come right at you. <laughs> yeah, right. The hitting has been really good for the Orioles. And I think the best way to say that, you know, why they're where they are is because they play traditional baseball, not trying to hit home runs take a lot of pitches and, you know, they do steal quite a bit with Mateo and, and Mullins. Um, but they have a lot of young guys. They're really, you know, good chemistry and they're just having fun. I think that is a huge part of baseball. It's probably the, the, the one sport that needs that the most is baseball because it's such a, you know, hot, cold, you got to stay on the momentum side of things for your hitting and everything, your timing. Um, and they just have done that. So, I think they have the most series wins too, uh, and they have not been swept yet. So I'm knocking on wood on that one because we play the Reds and they've been really hot. Um, So those things are what's leading to the success. We'll see how it goes. I mean, I know you're not a Rangers fan. I wasn't super high on them until about a month ago when I was like, okay, this team is who they are. I mean, this team hit the pitching is is there now for them. There was kind of a question mark last year, Um, but you know they're better than the Angels. Uh, the Astros, I mean, they're just incredibly um, consistent in terms of they've been there, they should be there, and they probably mm-hmm. will be there. Uh, but right now, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, right, the Rangers are super hot, yeah. and you know these young teams are starting to take over the major leagues. You know, the Reds, um, the the Marlins, um, the Rays, really the Rays. Um, it's kind of nice. Oh, the Rays, the Rays are Matt. Sorry to interrupt you, but the Rays are just kicking everybody's butt. The pitching for the Rays is some of the best I've seen since, you know, I don't want to say like really historic names, you know, obviously yeah. Glavin, Smoltz, Maddox, but they have a, a starting five that is just unstoppable. And I've had a lot of injuries to that starting five, a lot of rotation in there. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they've still had the success that they've had, possibly 60 wins before the All-Star break, I mean, that's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah. no, that's, that's amazing. As a matter of fact, for the World Series, I have – I have the Rays winning it all. If I had to make out my bracket right now, I have the Rays winning it all. Um, I have the Orioles in there, and I and maybe the Rangers. It depends after what, and we'll see what the Astros do after the All Star break, um, because we're plagued with injuries right now. Jordan yeah. is about to come back. Lance McCullers Jr. is out for the entire season. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, and you know Jose uh, 
Jose Altuve broke his thumb playing for Venezuela in the World Baseball Classic. So he was out for a couple of weeks, and everybody in Houston was like, uh, okay, what you know, so um <laughs> there's a lot of people that don't like the world baseball classic. Uh I, the Mets lost their closer, or the, I'm sorry, um they're they're one of their infielders. Um, what is his name? Oh my gosh, I can't even remember. Uh star player, they paid a lot of money for him, and he's he was out for the season because he was jumping yeah. when he hit a home run. Yeah. Um so yeah, in terms of playoffs, I think I think the Rays, you can't say the Rays aren't the number one contender. I mean, yeah. baseball, there's a lot of games for a reason. We need to see who the better teams are. And, you know, you can lose a game here and there, but the Rays are just overly consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Orioles and the Rangers will both be there, but I don't think I don't think either one has the maturity yet to make it all the way through. Baseball's yeah. a maturity sport, especially in the postseason. So I think the, the Rays have a little bit more uh, success there. In the NL, it's kind of a wildfire right now. I mean, the mm-hmm. Diamondbacks are in first place. That's unheard of. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> they haven't only... been in first in a while. <laughs> right, right. I, I mean, the only good Diamondbacks team I remember had Randy Johnson on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure Diamondbacks fans will attack me now. But, um, yeah, <laughs> so that's exciting for them. But I think the Braves are the most consistent team in the NL, and I would, wouldn't pick any other team but them to make it all the way because they really are a good postseason team as well. Mm-hmm. Um you know, the Yankees have been hurt. Uh, you know, all these teams you're expecting to win. You know, they have any injuries, the Astros. I had the Dodgers with the most wins in the regular season. That's probably not going to happen. Yeah. So, you know, it's been a wild year for baseball. We talk about it a lot on our betting show because it's the hard, one of the hardest sports to bet um, yeah. on a regular basis. But I tell you what, obviously the Marlins are doing good, but I've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you, uh, who do you see in the World Series then? Do you see uh, Rays? I'm I'm more I'm super confident in the Braves. I would put okay. Braves NL probably all the way through to the end of the season unless there's a lot of injuries. Okay. I mean, obviously the Dodgers have Freddie Freeman and you know they are they are good. Um, they're not a really good postseason team though. So yeah, uh, I always call them the regular season darlings. But <laughs> AL, I would it would be wrong of me not to say the race. I mean, it would yeah. be offensive. I think at this point, it you know there's too much inconsistency with the Yankees, the Astros, the teams that are expected to be there. Yeah. That, you know, the Twins, that whole division is terrible. Absolutely yeah. terrible. The Red Sox are better than all of those teams, and they're in last place in the AL East. Yeah. Um, You know, so really, I got to go race because I think the Orioles are too young. I think the Rangers are kind of almost too young also. Mm-hmm. Um, in Just in, in experience in the postseason. So give me race and give me Braves. And I'm going to go Braves. I think the Braves win it. I think the Braves mm-hmm. are just uh, – they're, they're mature. They're moving up. They're moving up. Yeah. Yeah. They just have good pieces all throughout. And I'm not saying the Rays don't either, but the Rays are a young team. I mean, I think that they have enough experience to make a postseason run, but they are very young. Very mm-hmm. young. Yeah. I remember at the beginning of the season, they had uh, ESPN, I think Sports Illustrated, reported that uh, if they had to choose the World Series for uh, 2023, it was going to be the Astros and the Mets, the New York Mets. That's who they picked at the beginning of the season. <laughs> well, and if you look at the betting futures uh, when everything first came out, the Rays don't even think we're on the list. Uh, and yeah. I know the Rays, really, they floated under the radar. I mean, we, had, they did. we knew they had McClanahan, Glass now. that We knew we had, they had good pitchers. We had no idea that they had the, the consistent hitting that they had. And yeah. who knows, maybe that dies off after the All-Star break. I'm going to say probably not. Um, this is a 90-win team no matter what, especially with the start they've already had. Um, 
But the Mets, I mean, we could talk for another hour about the dysfunction of the Mets. And non-Met fan is fantastic. Uh, Highest payroll in baseball, and they might be almost the worst team in the NL if the Cardinals do something. Yeah. Uh, So it's just – it's it's fantastic. I, I don't dislike Scherzer. I don't dislike Verlander. But I just think that the Mets, they got so anxious to win that they just mm-hmm. bought every 35-year-old baseball player and yeah. thought they were going to win with that. And they, It took uh, Verlander from us. <laughs> yeah, and unfortunately, that has destroyed their future. I mean, they yeah. spent so much money for a bunch of guys who only have a two-, three-year window, and, and so far it's not working. They're not even going to make the playoffs this year at this point. Yeah, so, I agree. Uh, not good. Not good. They kind of remind me of the Jets, but the Jets did a little smarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on real quick. Uh, let's talk about Deion Sanders. Uh, prayers go out to uh, Deion Sanders, Neon Deion, back in his playing days. Remember that nickname? <laughs> uh, so he has some blood clots, I believe, in his uh, ankle or his foot, and he is undergoing surgery. He had just recently, you know, he got hired to uh, be the Colorado Colorado. Uh, University of Colorado's football coach, head football coach. Um, so they were talking about amputation of his foot. I He came out and tweeted that he doesn't think it's that serious. He, they need to straighten out his toes. That's what he was saying. Um, of course, now he can go, I think, and coach the team with a cast on and crutches on the sideline. Other than that, you could put him up at the booth up and, and coach from there. Um, as far as like an amputation or something, that's – some very very serious um you know he'll he might have to go out in a wheelchair or something i don't know um uh, although that would be kind of hard to see from from uh, football fans and colorado fans what what's your take on that matt uh, i've heard that he's not going to have amputation so that's yeah. good um yeah. they said this uh, this class surgery was successful so hopefully the recovery is uh you know pretty good for him unfortunately with blood clots it's it's something that can come back and it's very, can, you know, strong and persistent. So, and he's a pretty healthy guy. So, you know, it's not just people who are unhealthy. I mean, this is just happens to people. Um, but in terms of him being in Colorado, um, super excited for him. I mean, you know, I'll never forget his, obviously his, I'm bringing my Louie, you know, speech, basically telling the guys, if you're not good, you're not going to be here. And, yeah. um, you know, he's definitely going to try to make Colorado back to what they were, early two thousands, you know, they're beating up my Irish, uh, in the, in the bowls <laughs> and things like that. So yeah, there was once a time where Colorado was elite and yeah, you know, it was a short time, but you know, that's a good program. I think that he, you know, really wants to make that difference. He's going to have a tough time this year. That's a, he has a tough schedule. Pac-12 yeah. is not going to be forgiving to him because USC is still there. UCLA is still there until they mm-hmm. move. Um, but He's going to give it his all. They're, I mean, they had nowhere but up. That was one of the worst college football teams last year. I think they won one game. Uh, yeah. two. They were really, really bad. And that's why he says he's bringing his Louie because he's not going to keep any of those guys, you know. And he's going to bring a lot of attention to that team. I already saw that they had, like, they're in the top 25 for recruiting, but I'm not sure what number. I think they were in the top 10 or close to that. They, yeah. Know, yeah, they really turned it around. So it's going to take a couple of years, I think, for him. But he's going to be there, and he, we're going to see him on, you know, Saturday night games against USC and some of these other teams. You know, they're going to be a consistent force. Whether or not he moves, I mean, he could move to another team. He'd moved from yeah. the, the uh, you know, HBCU that he was at. Um, this was the first real Division One opportunity he got. So I think he's a good coach, though. I think he'll, I think he'll make it interesting for them. But it's, 
he doesn't have the talent yet. It's going to be an interesting season. A lot of people want him to do really well right off the gate, and mm-hmm. I don't know. He might win six games, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Marketing-wise, though, he'll bring some people oh. to the stadium. Absolutely. Yeah. He With yeah. the Pac-12 losing USC-UCLA, Colorado is right there now with the – with the thicket of the rest of the teams that are there. And, you know, he could yeah. dominate that conference for years if he stays there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and who knows? He does really well and he gets hired by somebody else, you know, like a USC or something, you know? Yep. I can see him coaching an SEC school in the next five years of Florida or something like that. LSU, yeah. LSU likes to rotate coaches. So, uh, you know, he <laughs> yeah. be down there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he'll go on to the next big thing. And a lot of people were upset about that, that he left the HBCU. And, I mean, what do you want for this guy? You want, you know, you want to climb yeah. the ladder any chance you get. I mean, you can't be upset with that, you know. Yeah. So Colorado yeah. is probably just another stepping stone for him. But I'm sure he'd love uh, <laughs> Yeah. Look at Coach Kingsbury, you know. Got fired from Texas Tech. And then he was going to go be offensive coordinator for USC. And then the Arizona Cardinals hired him as their head coach. Until they fired him again. <laughs> yeah, and now he's just chilling. Yeah. I mean, he made his money. Smart man, you know. You yeah. gotta you you gotta make your moves when you can make them. Yeah, yeah. All right, one last question, and then we're we're gonna head on out. Uh, this is a fun question. Favorite sports movie? Oh, favorite sports movie. Everybody thinks it's Rudy because I'm a huge Notre Dame fan. No, mm-hmm. Coach Carter is the best sports movie, hands <laughs> down. No arguments. Um, you know, Rudy's good. It's good the first time. It's not the kind of movie I could watch over and over again. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people said he was offside too, which you know, that's up for debate. <laughs> uh, yeah. But Coach Carter is the best. I love Gridiron Gang too. I love Remember the Titans, but man, yeah. Coach Carter just pumps me up. I love that movie. Absolute 100%. It's funny you said that. It was on the other day. It was on not too long ago, and I was watching yeah. some of it. If it's on the TV and I just put it on, I have to watch the whole thing. It's that good. It's that kind yeah. of movie. And it's a true story. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Samuel Jackson does an excellent job uh, as the coach. Just a phenomenal movie. Um, there's not many that that come close to that one for me for sports ones. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, it's uh, Hoosiers. That's my I really dad. Like Hoosiers. So I understand that one. Um, yeah, that's a good one too. I mean, it's always the basketball ones. They're always the ones that that get me for some reason. They're good. Yeah, they're good. Um, Although I do, as far as baseball goes, I do like Bull Durham. Yes. I do like Bull Durham. I think, I, I think that one was the closest we've seen to what it's like playing minor league baseball from like from a player's point of view, you know? Um, and the guy who wrote and directed it was a former minor league baseball player, so it makes sense, you know? Ron Sheldon. Yeah, no, that one was really good. And then another one that wasn't really talked about for historical standpoints was 61. That was about the Maris home mm. run record with yep. Mickey Mantle. Fantastic. Barry Pepper played uh, Maris. That was a great movie. Um, there's a couple of good ones for baseball, too, but not a natural fan. I never really cared for that one. Really? No, no. Yeah. It was fine the first time. Some of these movies, <laughs> man, they get over overdone, you know. Yeah. Um, I like the I like the historical ones. The ones are more about true stories, you know, mm-hmm. uh, for sports movies. So, uh, and the rookie, I can't do that one either. That one was way overdone. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that was filmed in Texas. That was filmed in Austin. <laughs> and only one Space Jam, the first one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. The uh, the one with uh, the true goat, Michael Jordan, in basketball. <laughs> right. We don't need to have a conversation about that one. <laughs> we don't. We don't. We don't. Uh, excellent. 
Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great time. You had a good time? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to be on. Uh, I'll have to get you on on our show, and we can talk all different kinds of sports betting. Uh, I don't know if you're a fantasy football guy, but, you know, we always add people onto our list of, you know, you're Texans fans. We like to hear the inside of the the Texans world and the players on their team. So uh, we'll have to get you on there, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'd love to do it. Uh, Before we go, guys, make sure we hit that little subscribe button right down there. It's always a great time here on the Matthew Paris Show. We talk sports. We talk Houston sports. We talk all kinds of sports, basketball, baseball, football. We have a great time. Um, I'm going to sign off here. Matt, Matt Larison, thank you so much. Um, And you guys take care.